this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i am your host g sampath the rise of ott platforms have transformed the entertainment market around the world at present in india there are 50 to 60 ott streaming platforms operating and they are presenting the consumer with a bewildering array of entertainment options to choose from and in this scenario a new breed of players is emerging the ott aggregator platforms such as ott play yup tv scope and tata play binge are among several others who are bundling multiple ott offerings in a single place promising ease of selection and cost savings for the end user but how reliable are these ott aggregators especially in india how robust is their value proposition and are there any scams going on in this space that consumers need to be wary of we explore all this in this episode of in focus and joining us today is arundeep the hindu's tech policy correspondent arundeep thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me So Arun can you uh, give us a quick overview of how this entire phenomenon of OTT aggregators emerged and what do they really offer is there rise a natural effect of the overcrowding of the OTT space you know we know there are so many platforms apps offering entertainment co- uh, content is it a natural uh, effect of their rise is it the next step of market evolution in this space so long story short ott aggregators are essentially offering a bundle of streaming services the subscriptions to streaming services for a smaller price than what you would actually have to pay if you bought each subscription individually now that's the short answer now the longer answer is something like this if you have you know 500 plus tv channels in india we don't really think of that industry as a crowded space why don't we think of that industry as a crowded space the reason is we have a unified distribution system and that unified distribution system is whether it is your local cable operator whether it is your dth we are all used to just surfing television channels seamlessly and this is essentially an effort to or at least a part of the trend where streaming services who have been silos so far kind of move to that unified platform right and that unified nature is not just something that is uh, in terms of a user experience it is also in terms of something that is equally important to uh, the broadcasters or the owners of these ott platforms and that is billing billing is very important because that is a finite uh, resource that they have access to in the sense that a customer will individually buy let's say three or four streaming services every month but if that same subscriber is offered a fifth platform then the mental block of having to subscribe to a fifth ott platform might actually discourage them however if they are paying a slightly reduced price for a whole number of streaming platforms that all collectively have everything or at least a lot of things that the subscriber might want to watch that actually helps them massively in terms of both consumer psychology as well as distribution as well as reach 
Right. I mean, I really liked your analogy of uh, TV channels and, you know, the distribution uh, networks that they enjoy, both from the point of view of user experience, as you explained, and also billing. And I was just wondering, you know, this is a little bit off topic, but, you know, as media persons, we subscribe to so many uh, different newspapers and magazines and web uh, platforms, Atlantic, New Yorker, New York Times. I mean, there are like, at least I can remember eight to nine different uh, news media products I subscribe to. But are there any news aggregators as well? Like you have OTT aggregators. Do you know of any of them? A biggest, one of the biggest news aggregators in India was, is probably Google News. Now, the thing with Google News is the content it redistributes is free to begin with. But that is more of a product that Google offers to give more value to its search engine. When you have e-paper aggregators, that absolutely exists. So you have platforms like Geo News, you have platforms like Magster. And what they essentially do is they get the PDF of an e-paper or a magazine, whether it's on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis, and offer it all as a subscription bundle. So if you have that, you have access to all the newspapers, except ours, I must add, uh, in a very accessible, you know, one-stop shop. And that is especially useful if you are a news junkie. Okay, but it's not, I think, for the layperson, right? I mean, who wants to read everything on PDF? I mean, it's not that user-friendly. I mean, I was thinking more in terms of the way you consume content. If you were to go to any of these papers individually, like Washington Post, New York Times, you're not reading that content, consuming it on a PDF, right? I mean, you want to consume it the same way, but through an aggregator who will give you, like, say, a choice of 12 from New York Times, Washington Post, FT, whatever. And then you go and select whatever you want and read, you know. But this PDF, I'm sure, I'm, I'm in the name of this uh, a longer discussion for a different episode. Coming back to the OTT uh, topic, Arun. So how like how big is this OTT market relative to the OTT aggregator market relative to the OTT market? I understand it's a new uh, development. It's relatively young space. So how many players are there? Who are the market leaders? Who would you, if you were to subscribe, go to? I mean, any thoughts on that? I would say that there are around a dozen major OTT aggregators. So three of the biggest ones are OTT Play, uh, Yup TV Scope, as well as... Tata Play? Yes, Tata Play Binge. That is the third one. And these players are uh, essentially signing deals with the streaming platforms. And once they sign those deals, they kind of come together in a bundle and it's offered. Now, here I should draw a distinction between two concepts. One is this distinction is something that Avinash Mudalir, who is the founder of OTT Play, really pressed upon me during a one-hour discussion I had with him recently. He said, you know, there are really two types of people working in this space. One are aggregators and the other are distributors. And distributors, for my purposes, have also been aggregators. But the difference that he called out was that in, with aggregators, you get really a one-stop user experience shop in the sense that you open the app and you can access the content right away. You do not need to open a, another app and then activate it through a code that you got from the distributor and so on and so forth. With distributors, it's essentially a license that you get for each of these separate streaming services. And then you have to go and individually 
access these subscriptions right so is a distributor like for example sorry to interrupt is a, is a distributor like if you buy a new tv or i know samsung tv or sony tv whatever and if it's a smart tv they already have like netflix hotstar prime and uh, maybe jio loaded into it so would they be distributors because you still have to go get their individual codes and stuff like that they are not necessarily distributors but it is interesting that you bring that up because netflix and all the other streaming services actually pay these tv manufacturers to have those apps loaded onto the tv to begin with and not only that they also pay to have a button on the tv remote that actually directly opens that app those are not uh, buttons that the manufacturer includes through the goodness of their heart obviously the fact that there is a button encourages the consumer to think that oh this is something i need to have right and then they go and subscribe some of them might say okay here since you bought this tv or since you bought this uh, device we will give you 6 months free or 3 months free and then after that the consumer gets used to it and then they start subscribing right i mean it's very interesting you 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 mentioned this deal which the streaming platform sign with tv manufacturers and then earlier you mentioned that uh, the ott aggregators try sign some kind of deals with the streaming platforms like what kind of a deal is it is it like a profit sharing that if they if they get x number of uh, subscriptions uh, via their aggregator uh, platform to this streaming platform uh, they will have to give some share of uh, subscription amount uh, to netflix or whatever is that like what kind of a deal is that and do they also have deals with isps as, as well absolutely so the deals that uh, aggregator or a uh, distributor has with an individual ott streaming service that is confidential in the sense that they are negotiated individually there is no template of okay you get this much money i get this much money and if i am going to through a telco they will get that much money that is all individually negotiated and that that's the reason for that is different streaming services have different priorities if you take a netflix netflix is a premium streaming service and they really want a lot more from each individual subscription than a z5 or a sony live would want because z5 and sony live are owned by broadcasters and for broadcasters the holy grail has always been reach you get reach no matter what the cost or at least here's the huge cost that they are willing to pay and then you figure out how to start monetizing that base that is how uh they were able to expand tv and that is how they are going about this as well right and for netflix it's not uh, so much the reach as much as the volume of consumption from per customer is that what you're saying absolutely it is not just the volume of consumption because technically as long as the customer ends up paying that monthly fee without ever thinking of canceling and the best way to do that would of course be to make them watch more it is also the fact that we need to sustain this business so for instance monica shergill she is the vice president of content for netflix india she said you know a lot of these streaming services are getting a huge number of subscribers millions of them through what she called telco bundling and she said okay this is not sustainable because you are getting a uh, lot of subscribers on who are not individually giving back to you that much money and at the end of the day we need to get money so that we can give it back to the creators and let them make more shows 
the broadcasters they don't see it that way they see that okay we need people enough people to come in so that we can build a sustainable business sometime uh, later down the road so are the broad- broadcasters led more by the advertising uh, revenue model whereas netflix and so co and co are led by the subscription revenue model is that how it is absolutely and there is a bit of a history that has played out there in the case of broadcasters they were able to provide bundling as a fait accompli right in the sense that it was always there because they realized that i do want individual subscribers to pay money on top of the advertising but i cannot reach every single of the tv customers unless the market itself is favorable to that so a lot of dth and cable tv operators offered what are called bouquets where you get a whole lot of channels maybe individually they are not priced that highly but collectively they are offered to so many subscribers that the broadcasters made their money back right and that business model came under threat from regulation that the trai has been doing over the last few years and it has suffered badly as an industry television itself has been at the mercy of a lot of market forces that they do not really have a say in for instance last year there was a fiki report that came out just recently that said that last year cable uh, the television industry had its revenues decrease over 90% year over year because they could were no longer getting ads from startups that were at one point lush with investor funds from abroad real money gaming betting apps even edtech apps like byju's a lot of this newer economy that is desperate to get into the hands of more consumers was suddenly stopped getting money as global uncertainties mounted and that kind of shut them down now the streaming industry does not want this for itself right and the best way to do that of course is to tie your fortunes with the customer and not with the rest of the economy and the marketing budgets of the biggest companies in the country right right that really makes a lot of sense now coming back to the consumers end of things which is also what we want to focus on uh, in this uh, podcast because our readers are interested to know more on this aspect i'm sure so why would anyone want to sign up for an aggregator platform is it primarily for saving money and if so like how big really is the cost saving savings how much can a ott player or a yup tv scope save for you let's say i'm subscribing to netflix prime and hotstar let us say and by going to an aggregator app how much would i save absolutely the first major thing there is that if you are buying an aggregated bundle you will always save money on the sticker price of these apps which is to say that if you go on z5 if you go on sony live if you go on sun next and you look at the price they have on their website and you add that all up the bundle that you will be offered is usually going to be far cheaper in ott place case it is somewhere around 10 times cheaper than the sticker price and you, in most cases you do get almost as much content as you would if you get the subscriptions individually there are some very niche exemptions for instance i remember seeing on ott play that one streaming service would not 
give you gujarati content for instance if you got the bundle as opposed to if you went and bought it yourself and the other thing of course is to look at the kind of range of streaming services that you actually have available netflix and amazon prime video usually tend to not go with aggregators what they do instead is they go to your telco they go to your streaming uh, to go to your uh, isp your internet service provider and sign deals with them so that you can have that uh, subscription amount added to your monthly phone bill or your monthly internet bill and since the internet in the broadband industry is getting far cheaper to operate on a month on month basis on a customer by customer basis this is a natural evolution for them also so so if i understand you correctly arun you are saying that uh, netflix and amazon prime sorry man it's, it's a very personal <laughs> personally invested question i'm asking you so none of these aggregators will offer you netflix or amazon prime anyway is that what you're saying from what i understand the they are speaking to the aggregators obviously how, how much ever they talk about the sustainability of their businesses they are interested in expanding their distribution uh however for the most part these standalone aggregators and distributors don't yet have netflix or amazon prime video unless the price of the bundle is so high that you are not really saving that much money okay okay that is a big uh, caveat uh, right there now once let's say uh, even even regardless of this aspect one does go and sign up with an ott aggregator so you 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 sign up you pay the money register yourself and then you log in and then what happens like do you get everything from a streaming app uh, whatever like five different streaming apps all the content individually together where you just check them out and select or you have to go separately to each app which are there in the bundle and then check them out or do you need a standalone subscription and so on like how does it really work once you're inside the aggregator platform that varies by the streaming service or sorry the streaming aggregator that you have subscribed to ott play for instance prides itself on this fact uh, avinash kudaleer who i spoke to he said that oh once you subscribe we offer everything inside the app there are a couple apps that they that you will have to go outside and watch if you want something like higher quality or this or that but largely let's say on ott play it's a unified experience it is not completely a unified experience for other distributors but i suspect since these are early days we will eventually get to a place where tata play binge for instance does have some level of a unified interface for a few apps i suspect that that will increase as a value proposition and a user friendliness proposition across more aggregators as time goes on for now it is worth checking out on the websites of these aggregators what their uh, particular you know way of accessing these individual streaming services is. and the website usually does have this information right now uh, coming to a slightly different aspect of this entire uh, phenomenon we keep reading reports about ott aggregator scams and frauds and so on like what what forms do these scams take uh, do they offer something and then not deliver like how does a consumer avoid falling for these ott aggregator scams what should he look out for he or she look out for so if the value proposition seems too good to be true it probably is that might be a little uh, hard to apply when the legitimate players in this space have prices that are a tenth of what the market rate is but if you are getting let's say if your isp is offering you a 
OTT or a 15 OTT bundle for 100 rupees on top of the 1000 you're paying for your internet every month, then some value might, some caution might be worth exercising. Now, there are two scams that I have seen play out in this industry. The first is essentially these aggregators who are not authorized. They are not really working with the streaming platform. What they do is they collect these coupon codes that are distributed on websites to promote the streaming service. And they sell that as a part of their subscription. And once the streaming service finds out, they disable those coupon codes and the customer is left scratching their head. Why am I not able to activate this? The second scam, and this is a little harder to put in place, but I've heard it is from industry executives that it is kind of growing, is essentially cracked set-top boxes that contain continuously updating catalogs of streaming service content. And these are essentially undetectable to the streaming service that is providing them because they have been downloaded illegally and they have just been downloaded onto a set-top box that no legitimate entity has any visibility into or control over. And that is also a bit of a carry on from the cable TV days where you had a lot of unauthorized cable operators who would duplicate feeds and beam them directly into customers' homes. But the security for streaming is a little better because unless you are straight up stealing these TV shows and movies, you're downloading them illegally and putting them on a piece of equipment and selling those, which by the way, all of that is going to be much harder than just uh, taking a cable and hooking it up to a TV and then coming back every month to collect some money, then it is going to be really hard to do that because the streaming service, if you are accessing them directly, does have a fair number of security countermeasures to detect unauthorized use. And so while these scams are there and there will be a lot of market demand for price-sensitive consumers who are not really very discerning in their purchasing, there will obviously be easier ways and more affordable ways to access content uh, in the coming couple years, thanks to aggregators. Right, that's very nicely put, Arundeep. Uh, Price-sensitive consumers who are not very discerning about content. Yeah, they will be always uh, on the lookout for the shortcut and scamsters, of course, will prey on them. So in this context, one final question before we wind up. Uh, we're running out of time, actually. Is there any regulatory framework as yet for OTT aggregators in India to sort of take care of all these scams and stuff? Well, we are getting the trailer of a regulatory intervention. And that happened essentially when uh, Tata Play Binge and uh, one telecom operator wrote a complaint to the TRAI saying that Geo is pr providing very inexpensive backup broadband, that is what they are calling this service, along with free live-streamed TV channels on their uh, two customers of regular TV. And that is really causing some feathers to rustle in the, uh, at least the cable operator industry, the television distribution industry. And the TRAI is looking into this complaint but uh, right now, there is nothing full-fledged that has been proposed. 
But obviously, when we get to a stage where the consumer is hurting, because eventually these streaming services will have to make money, we will see something that limits the potential types of business arrangements under which these bundles are made. This is clear because it happened for broadcasting. There was a long period where channels were being offered in bouquets and the bouquets were priced in ways that were opaque. And now TRAI came in and said, okay, you know what? You have to price an individual channel in a bouquet, not more than this much. And if you do want to price it more than that, you have to offer it outside the bouquet as a separate add-on. And if you are distributing it this way, the cable operator has to get this much. The broadcaster has to get this much. And the distributor has to get this much. So these frameworks exist in maturity in the TV industry. And if the behaviors that cost them, the market participants start growing in desperation and start employing underhanded tactics, if that ends up happening, then we will see regulation. Right. I mean, uh, that's very well put, Arun. I think this entire trajectory has already been traversed by the broadcasters uh, in the TV distribution scenario. And we might very well see a similar trajectory, maybe a shorter one happening with the OTT aggregator space. There is no doubt there are tons of OTT platforms, just as there were tons of channels and uh, a similar kind of a value proposition around aggregation and curation might exist. It does exist for sure. But we need them to be regulated and for the consumer's interest to be protected. And it's still early days yet. And we'll probably revisit this uh, scene in some months to see how things have developed. Thank you so much, Arun, for joining us and for sharing your observations. Thanks a lot. Again, thank you for having me. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.